Hey, Fellowship family, welcome to Palm Sunday weekend. And again, Fellowship Highcrest is two years old. Congratulations. We are so proud of what God is doing in the lives of people, helping people find and follow Jesus Christ. Such a wonderful uh, mission to be a part of. So I hope you're doing well at home and you can now put down the palm branches that Doug was talking about and lean into God's word with us. And as we're doing that, I just want to again encourage you as our family I heard different stories this week of different people from fellowship loving their neighbors, people who are right next door to them. Like one couple who started just finding out how their neighbors were doing and realized that there was one elderly man who had stage four cancer. And this couple went in their backyard and had them open up the back screen door and from a distance uh, sang hymns to them. And I was just thinking that just kind of ruined me. I was so um, I, I was so broken up by the reality of how much you are caring for your neighbors and loving them and singing over them like God does in the book of Zephaniah in us. And so I'm so proud of you. Thank you so much for continuing to, continue to reach out to your neighbor and love your neighbor in the midst of this. So today we're going to conclude our series on patience. And so far we've looked at being patient with God. We've looked at being patient with others. And this weekend, I've never preached about this, so I'm preaching to myself especially. I'm going to talk about being patient with yourself. Now, in the midst of a COVID-19 virus and the precautions that have been taken around it and have altered so much of our lives, I mean, think about it, our agendas, our expectations, our schedules, It's humbled us to a place where we've never been. And I can honestly say, if you would have told me this would be a reality in early April as a church and as people, I wouldn't have believed you. Like one of our pastors sent out this meme and texted it to all of our other ministers. And it said, April Fool's Day is canceled this year because no made up prank could match the unbelievable stuff going on in the world right now. I mean, isn't that true? I've never thought we'd be in a place like this. And you know, it, it hits us differently. I mean, if you're like a type A person and you're driven, you have high expectation, very specific goals for your life and the areas that you lead. When something comes into our lives that uh, just turns it upside down or limits us or prohibits us from accomplishing our goals, I mean, look up, it just wells, wells up within us a, a nervousness and anxiety and a worry. But it's not just you type A people like me. I mean, others of us are introverts and now all of life has kind of come closer, right? And you're crowded and your personal space that you used to get recharged with is now occupied and it's draining you. So when someone comes in and Uh, it overwhelms you with their presence or it's inescapable for you to find freedom and it ruins your plan or your system or your routine. I mean, that same type of anxiety wells up within you. But what have we learned about patience? We've learned about patience that patience is being slow to anger and abounding in love. God is slow to get angry with us because he's overflowing with love. His love governs his patience. And, and we, have to, we have to not only receive that patience into our lives, we also have to reflect that patience to others and today with ourselves. So 
Think just personally how humiliating this time has been to you in the midst of this. I'm coming into terms with kind of grieving life the way it used to be and all the liberties we used to have. Um, they, but, but then as I, I thought about how busy my schedule was and how hurried I was, I realized that the life and the liberties that I was grieving had little margin or tolerance for delays or cancellations, postponements, limited amounts of toilet paper or hand sanitizer or limited bandwidth with your Wi-Fi at your homes. So over the past few weeks, I've really had to come to terms personally with my own limitations and my vulnerabilities and my need to be patient with myself. Like, let me just share real quickly. I, I am impatient with myself in getting tasks done or getting a project done around the house. I think it's going to take this long and most all the time it takes that long. And, and I get frustrated with myself. And, and then you don't wanna be working with me because if I'm, I'm not patient with myself, <laughs> I'm not gonna be patient with you. Just don't, don't anyone text or call my wife this week and ask about this one, okay? Because it's something that I've been personally convicted on. And the result with not being patient with yourself is you really aren't receiving or living with the patience of God in your life. And you're not giving the patience of God to other people around you. So I want to look at a passage that describes uh, a heart for patience with ourselves as God does his work in us. And it's found in James chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, turn to James chapter 5. If you don't have your Bible in front of you, you can get up and go get a Bible so that you can see it. I really want you to see it before your very eyes. And as you're doing that, I'll just give you a little bit of background on James. James was the brother of Jesus. Now, when Jesus was living amongst him, he rejected Jesus as the Messiah during his ministry. But after the resurrection, something happened in the heart of James. He realized that Jesus, his brother, was actually the savior of, of the world. He was the Lord of his, of, of his life. And he wrote, at this point, as a believer to the early church believers who were being brutally persecuted for their faith in Christ. Now, we can be inconvenienced with a virus, but they had it far worse off than we did. So if this applies to them, those who are literally losing their lives, being arrested, thrown into prison, limited on so many fronts, it certainly applies to us today. Actually, we have a government that's trying to help us. They had a government that was trying to snuff them out. And so let's take a look at this passage where he's talking about patience and the needs for patience uh, as God does his work among us. It's in James chapter 5, beginning with verse 7. <clears throat> he says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. So I want to talk about three supernatural works of God that require us to be patient with ourselves as God works in and through us. And the first one is found in verse 7. Take a look at that with me. Verse 7, it says this, Be patient, therefore, brothers, 
until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the, ra- the, the late rains. Okay, so the image that we're called to look at is a field. Now, I can't bring a field in here right now. I'm just not there, but I can bring the precious fruit that James is talking about. He's talking about the seed that when it's planted in the field will ultimately take root, grow, bloom, multiply, and then provide a harvest. But this is what a farmer does. And we're called to look for the harvest in the midst of everything that a farmer does. So every year the farmer does the same thing. They set out each year with a process of plowing and cultivating. Then they plant the seed in the soil and they look for rain. In, in Kansas, there's, there's rains in the fall, which get the, the wheat seed or the kernel into the ground and they establish it and it, it sprouts in the late fall. And then over the course of that winter, they long for the, 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 the late rains, which would be probably in March and April. And then the wheat really takes off. And then you get a good harvest around that June time here around the Topeka area. And so this process takes months. It doesn't take days. It does, certainly doesn't take hours. So this process that we're talking about is the process of, of growth and blooming and of multiplying. And, and what we need to think of here is that farmer is an illustration of the work of God in building our character. Just like seed to a harvest, your character doesn't grow overnight. There are going to be times when you have three really good days and you're growing in your walk with the Lord, and then you have one day where you have four steps back and you go, oh man, it can be so frustrating. And you can move towards impatience and you can kind of view yourself as a failure on that. But God views you as his child and he is passionately concerned about your growth as a follower of of Jesus. And so God is building character in us and it takes time. And he's passionately committed to each of us looking more and more like Jesus. And until he comes, We're to be committed to dying to ourselves like a seed so that we can bloom in God's field and God can grow us into the measure of Christ. And just like the farmer waits, God's patient with us, we need to be patient with ourselves in that same process of how faith grows in us. Now, James describes what that might look like, even amidst trials and persecution. He says in James chapter 1, if you have your Bibles open there, just flip back a few pages. James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Why do we count it all joy? It says in verse 3, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete lacking in nothing. So that's what he's saying. That's the harvest, that we're perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We're giving a clear picture of who Jesus is. And so character, for it to bloom in my life and in yours, it it requires being patient with ourselves. Now, I know that many of you are playing video games during the the midst of this, okay? And so I just want to speak to you now. Are you are you listening? So you know that this is your game controller and you 
This has probably been touched more than any other item in your house, so make sure you disinfect it, okay? But, but how do you learn through a video game? You can answer me. How do you learn in a video game? Good, I heard it from two of you. You learn through failure, right? And, and that's it. So imagine you're on like this, this car race or Mario Kart or something like that, or you're on a spaceship and you're moving it and you're turning it and it's, and it's adjusting and then something happens and you miss the turn and you crash, okay? You, you start over, right? And the next time you come to that same place, that same scene, guess what? You know it's gonna happen, so you turn, right? And so you go, Joe, come on, this is a video game. It's not life. There's a whole lot more risk and a whole, a whole lot more at stake in life. And, and yes, that is true, unless you learn from your mistakes. See, none of us are perfect. All of us fall on grace every day of our lives. We have to be people that when we fail, we don't ignore it. We say, next time, this is by the grace of God, by the leading of the Spirit in my life, I'm going to turn. I'm going to turn away from that temptation. I'm going to turn away from that sin or that desire so that God can bear something in me. Everything we learn in a video, video game is, should be just like life. As a matter of fact, those who have studied video games wish we would teach children how to learn from their failures as quickly as a video game will teach them to do that. And I think we have a Heavenly Father who goes, okay, I never demanded you to be perfect. That's why I provided Christ. So when you fail, what are you learning from it? How will you respond to that with, with trusting in me, depending in me, the next time you're tempted in that area? So be patient with yourself as God grows you. Be patient with your failures, with your sins. So it, it turn back. I'm not saying ignore your sins. Confess your sins, repent from your sins, but your sins should not define you. You're a child of God. You're under his grace. Live by that grace and be patient as God builds you to the character of Jesus Christ. The second thing that James mentions is in verse 8. Take a look at that with me. In verse 8, he says, oh, we're back in chapter 5. So let's go back. Chapter 5, verse 8 of James. It says, you also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Now, this is talking about the coming of the Lord. And what we're to be patient with ourselves is this, is that God is preparing for his return. So we need to be patient with ourselves as God prepares us and the world for his return. To the people that James wrote this to, he was saying, don't seek out revenge. Don't try to, uh, you know, seek out your way or, or your will in the midst of this. Remember, the judge is coming. Jesus is coming and he's going to make all wrongs right. He's going to bring righteousness on earth. And, and that's what we need to realize is that the first time Jesus came to this earth, he entered the world with humility and meekness. He was gentle with us. He was a servant, right? He lived in the margins and he took on the role of a servant. But the second coming, everything I read in the Old Testament and the New Testament, everything that's mentioned about the second coming will be much different. Christ will come as the Lion of Judah, the righteous and just King of Kings. He will bring his kingdom on earth through a full and final judgment, which will be the final conflict of good and evil. And, and justice and righteousness will win on the earth. 
He will judge the earth and all that is in it. And this will be a time when, when all the things that are wrong and evil will be, will be made right and good. It's going to be a harrowing time. It is. I dread the wrath of God on anyone. But when this happens, everyone who is patient with God and patient with themselves not to act out in the midst of trials or suffering will see with their own eyes the true and righteousness and justice of God. It'll be far better than anything we or they could concoct with revenge or taking matters into our own hands. So being patient with ourselves by longing for the return of Jesus establishes our hearts. And so the perspective James gives is long for the return. Look for, look for the harvest, long for the return when, when God restores righteousness on the earth. So God is building our character and he's preparing us for his return. Be patient with yourself as God does that. And let's look at that last one. Verse 9, he says this. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. This same judge who will come to judge the earth is Jesus. And we're to practice life and live life with a life that is with Jesus, not a life that is distant. And I know that when things go chaotic or you, you're going through a trial or you're going through a difficult time, it's easy for you to think, I'm the only one here. But James is saying, remember, the judge is at your door. He, he sees what's happening. He knows the heart. He knows the intentions and the motivations of your life. Live life with God. Now, what's mentioned here? What's mentioned here? Grumbling, right? He says, do not grumble against one another. And, and why does he say that? Here's why I think. I, I think it's because this supernatural work of God is that he's uniting us as a family. God is building his character in us. God is preparing for his return. And God is uniting us as a family. And so what we're called to do here is love the family. We can't love the family if we're always complaining, if we're always critical, if we're grumbling. That grumbling actually is an Old Testament word. It, it's what happened when the children of Israel grumbled against God, grumbled against Moses, because they didn't provide the freedom from Egypt and the life away from Egypt that they longed for. And they had to wait. They had to be patient in the wilderness as God brought them into the promised land. And that's kind of our metaphor for being patient right now, even though we go in the midst of this, even though there's difficulties in our lives and trials now, we, we need to wait, we need to be patient for God to do these things and to develop us and to help us unite as a family. Now, James knew all about grumbling, didn't he? I mean, if you want a proof text in this, flip over to James chapter 3. We could write, we could read a whole bunch of, of verses on the power of the tongue and how that little thing called the tongue is, is so powerful, not just in building people up, but in tearing people down. We all know what that's like. And I found that if I'm critical with myself, if I don't listen to who Jesus calls me as his child, I'll tend to believe the worst about me. I'll tend, to, I'll tend to speak bad about myself and speak bad about others. And so we're told now 
not to wait until Jesus returns and to be united as people. We're called to endure with each other, to be steadfast, to be patient with one another. Don't grumble against one another, but endure together. Be patient with ourselves as God grows us in a relationship together. So the measure you use of yourself is many times the measure you use on others. And so many times, as I was just thinking this week and uh, projects around the house, my lack of patience with myself is going to spill over into my lack of patience with others. And, and I find that the more expectations I have for myself and when those crash, it, anyone around me is, is not going to have an, enjoy, <laughs> an enjoyable experience. And so uh, that's why we're called to, to look at what God is doing. He's, he's forging and building my character. He's preparing me for his return and is reuniting me into his family. That judge is standing at the door. Live life with Christ. Okay, so here's the last illustration I want to give you. And it has to do from what Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 7, verse 2. He says, For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you used, it will be measured to you. And so I just want to talk about the measure of patience that we're operating under. And I know if you've done a lot of baking or cooking, you know what I'm talking about. We've been doing a lot of measuring in our house because we've been eating in more than we ever have in the history of our lives. And so just as you are measuring in the future, just think about what measure of God's grace, what measure of God's patience are you receiving and giving in your lives? If you just think every time you mess up, God is disappointed and frustrated and wants to walk away from you. You're living with this amount of patience and that's not a whole lot to give. You wouldn't even taste it. In very few recipes, you wouldn't even taste it. But if you view God as slow to anger and abounding in love, then this greater amount of measure, it's going to be, you're going to taste it in your life. You're going to view yourself as someone who is loved and has received God's grace. And you can be patient with yourself. You can give yourself some slack. When you fail, you learn from it, you turn from it, and you trust and you follow Jesus again because your standing with him isn't broken because you mess up. It's, it's, it's kept because of the completed work of Christ. That's what grace is all about. So here's what I'm saying. If I view God as incredibly patient with me, I'm going to be patient with myself. I'm going to be patient with others. If I don't or go anywhere in between here, it's going to affect how patient or not I am with myself and others. So this is the measure of Christ in our lives. It's actually immeasurable. We couldn't do it. But this is just an illustration compared to the other things there. Live with the surplus of God's patience in your life. Live as a child beloved and patient patient by God and, and live out all these things that God is doing in us, building our character, preparing us for his return and uniting us as a family. Live with patience. Okay, as we close, I just wanna ask you one question. What, what is one area this week that you would just say, I need to be patient with myself in this area. I just confess to you that it's whenever I'm doing a project, I need to be patient. So I'm going to be intentional this week. And I'm going to, if I'm saying this is going to take me 15 minutes, I'm going to say, God, I'm going to give that an hour. 
and I'm going to be patient with myself. I'll probably mess this up. Lord, I'm going to give it an hour just so that if it takes 30 minutes, I'm not going to be ticked. And, and when I do that, when I give myself some margin for mistakes and failures, it's amazing how my attitude and my temperature and my pressure goes down. And whatever it is, it might need to be a child to you. Lord, I need patience with myself, with my children. I have too high of expectations with them. It may be patience with income or your finances at this time. It may be patience with getting out of COVID-19. You wanted the churches full by Easter, but it's just not going to happen. And so you need to be patient with your own expectations for things. Whatever it is right now, just lift it up. Take it, and if you can just put it in your hands right now and picture it, lift it up to the Lord and let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, Thank you for your patience with us. You are slow to anger and abounding in love. May we be people who live with your patience, who receive it with great measure because you are so patient with us that we're willing to be patient with ourselves and patient with the people around us. We do this to show the world that you are patient, to call the world to the patience of Jesus as you prepare for your return to turn to Christ, to trust him, to follow him. May our lives reflect the gospel and the beauty and the glory of Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.